The views expressed on the Big Shiny podcast do not express the views of Big Shiny Robot as a whole, its subsidiaries, or its sponsors. And the Big Shiny podcast contains coarse language like penis butt. <laughs> <laughs> Listener discretion is advised. Hey man, I'm Kevin Smith. Jason Muse. Welcome to Big Shiny Robot. And sluts. <laughs> Go. The Big Shiny Porncast. Welcome to the latest episode of the Big Shiny Podcast. This is episode 41, and this week we are going to be talking about movies, geek news, and everything that goes along with it. What we'll be covering this week specifically, we're going to be talking about Salt Lake City Comic Con Fanex 2015, the Sundance Festival 2015, Jurassic World trailer, and many others. So, let's go ahead and get this shit kicked off. Lucas, sitting to my right, <laughs> co-founder of BigShinyRobot.com. My brothers. Uh, so you all would know. <laughs> shit. <laughs> I got mine upstairs. I should have brought that shit down. Sitting next to him, Captain Big Dick himself, Kylie. Yeast liquor. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Worst one yet. Oh, I want to go skip home. We got we to gotta skip Jimmy for a second so he can compose himself. Running this whole shit show as usual, Tom. This shit is literally... Painters taped together right now. <laughs> it's being grounded by a beard. That's right. That's right. Only the best. Only the best. Only and the best. sitting between Kylie and Tom, who has now composed himself, Jimmy. I'm back. All right. You good? Yep. You good? Good. All right. And I am your host, Tyson. And joining us for the next couple episodes is one of uh, our favorite big shiny robots. Aww. 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 The show. Faux show. <laughs> Mr. Adam. Hello. Hello. I bring the sexy. He brings the sexy folks, he, but he's a married man, so... And I get nexty. <laughs> you better ask my husband. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let, let's just jump right into it here. We're going to cover um, some of the... like the, uh, the. There's been a fucking ton of geek news I have a over question. the last couple of weeks. And, yeah. and Stan trailers. Lee, who is this guy? <laughs> I mean, we've been talking about him. Like, who, who the fuck is that guy? But we're going we're gonna to kind of cover quickly some of these uh, headlines, and then we're going to talk about uh, coming up Fanex uh, 2015 here in Salt Lake City. Hey! So, who, <laughs> hey, hey. And uh, this podcast is brought to you by Nathan Willis, who just dropped yeah. off a delivery of Jack Daniels. Uh-huh. You're the man. You want to be on the podcast? You want to know? Oh, trans on the car. Does Chan want to be on the podcast? She can, she can wait, right? Tra- tran, we, we've already got one minority. We don't need another. Well, I was saying she can wait. Like <laughs> you bitch, she can wait. There's a heat in the car, right? Hey, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. There's a tip in there for you. <laughs> He's like a dollar. <laughs> what is this? 1963. Oh, he wants Lucas to grab his butt. Oh yeah. Oh, All right, you. I'll grab your dick. Well, now we now we double tipped him. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Thanks, Nate. I want my dollar back, then. That's my uh, awesome brother-in-law delivering whiskey without a single fucking question asked. No, not a fucking not guy. Not I'm surprised. A fucking guy. Yeah. Well, awesome. apparently later Jimmy and I are going to double tip him. So. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, let's talk about first uh, the Jurassic World trailer. Um, Steven Spielberg is involved in the Jurassic Park franchise again. That's what I hear. And uh, Chris Pratt starring. Everyone loves at uh, Pratt Pratt on Twitter as we know him. Who doesn't love him? Uh, so uh, hey, he's kind of a dick. So <laughs> a new trailer you, de- a new trailer debuted uh, recently during the uh, Super Bowl. Um, what do you guys think? 
Dude, that game was close. <laughs> not, not about the game. Oh. Not about, that game was crazy, but we're not talking about that. It was a that. fist fight. Wrong fucking, audience. Fucking Wrong run audience. it in. Yeah. Fucking yeah, run fuck it in. You don't know. I, I, that's, <laughs> a, that's the sad part. If that's I the, fucking know. Oh, okay. All right. So, I still ahead. don't. So, so here's the thing. Does Chris Pratt have an army of Velociraptors yeah, at his yes, disposal? Yes, he does. He's a trainer. He's a fucking trainer. Because I'm watching him on the motorcycle. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. Are they, they're chasing. Oh my God, they are running with him. See, and no, in the first trailer, that wasn't clear. I'll, yeah. I'll let you go just like that wasn't clearly communicated. I think in the new trailer, it shows him training the Raptors a little bit more, and then later on, it shows him let him out of the cage, and then he's flying through the the jungle Within. with the Raptors. Yeah, he's the, he's the Raptor whisper. Raptor whisper. Whisper. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> See, you fucked me up the first time. No. I'm sorry. Um, one one thing I really enjoyed about the trailer, we got we got a little bit more glimpse of the plot. Um, one thing I like that it, apparently, like after this uh, this mutated dinosaur that they've that, that has escaped, apparently is just running rampant and hunting for sport on the island. It, it appears they may have locked down the island because uh, Chris Pratt's cr- character mentions you've got 20,000 people on this island with nowhere to go, which I think is great because all the previous Jurassic Park movies, it's a very small, select group of people that are in danger. And you root for them, you know, some more than others and everything. But I like the idea, without going the Lost World route, of putting more people in danger. Maximum it seems like a more carnage. fluid way to do it. So, and in the trailer, you see that lady just get picked up by the pterodactyl <laughs> yeah. or whatever the fuck it is. Some some dinosaur nerd's going to crack And why are that. the pterodactyls are trying to... Why are they going after people? It's just nature. <laughs> but how... Why, why does a wolf... Yeah, I don't think Jimmy. they're herbivores. I, <laughs> I think they're carnivores. Aren't they? Yeah, they right, are. But I just don't understand why they're swooping down. Like, I because guess the walls cool. would have had to been broken down so they could get out. Well, right. That's the idea is that like like mayhem is once again broken. Like now the park <laughs> actually got opened. If you didn't learn your lesson in the first three. <laughs> well, but my understanding <laughs> is that there's like a pretty big gap here and that the park's been running smoothly for years and years and years now. And now this shit happens because they fucked with nature for real now by made the devil sword yeah so i don't know i think it looks great i'm excited for another uh i think is steven spielberg producing it i think he's I producing think? It. yeah produced yeah um and then starring chris pratt uh you can go ahead and color me on board so i believe he also done. produced the third one too which was kind of a pile of shit you know i i didn't mind the third one i actually preferred it to the second one hmm. i would disagree i like the second one but we can all agree that the theme song is fucking tits. It's so yes. good. Um, I get a half chub every time I hear it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Spielberg is uh, executive producer. All right, so. cool. Um, so he just sits in a chair and gets money, basically. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and sometimes says, no, 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 don't do that. Do this. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, Which no, no, is no, good no. enough. Well, like, at least yeah. he's there to do that, right? Um, Fantastic Four. Holy shit, we finally got our first trailer for, for the film. Are you excited about that? Well, well, but I mean, there's been like a lot of like rumors about just <laughs> fucking mayhem on the set. You know, uh, supposedly Josh Trank just like trashing a 20th Century Fox um, uh, set. Which character is that? Josh Trank is the director. The director, I didn't. Yeah. I haven't fallen. Um, he directed Chronicle. Oh, okay. Um, so we finally got our first trailer. I feel like it's a little long overdue. Didn't get to see a whole lot. Um, just kind of some basics. I would almost cause it, call it a teaser more than anything. Um, didn't really get like a big view of their powers or anything. It does appear that, uh, at least at the beginning, the thing is naked. <laughs> He's just a giant rock monster. Thing down. So oh, we can only hope. Um, but I, I, you know, honestly, like hearing everything that's going on, like, with the production or at least the rumors 
and some of the rumors about what the script is about and the storyline and kind of how they're changing things, how Victor Von Doom is supposedly just like a pissed off blogger. Uh, blogger. Blogger. Not even a hacker, a blogger. (laughs) When Ed Gadget goes wrong. Yeah. So blogger. (laughs) So basically he represents Reddit on a good day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Honestly, I I liked the first trailer. I, it, it actually piqued my interest and made me more interested in it. What'd you guys think? In my opinion, the further they they get away from source material, the better off they probably are. In my opinion, well, it looks so like they don't even go into space to get their powers. It looks like so they're that's in no. Like... I think they go into the negative zone. Really? So I yeah, I think I think in, they're just kind of skipping the space thing and introducing the negative zone right off the bat by saying this is how like they go into the negative zone um, right off the bat, and that's how they get their powers. So then that way the negative zone is already a thing. And they can, because you know the Fantastic that that negative zone is like a big thing in the Fantastic Four universe, right? So they can kind of introduce that by way of that's how they get their powers. I I do understand that by changing the continuity will bring a lot more interest into it, but I just want them to keep the continuity the same and make a good movie. So I was, again, you can you can you can you can call me racist, but it was a surprise to me that Johnny was black, even though I think we discussed it like like a month or two ago. So that didn't make any sense to me. Racist. <laughs> but here's then, the, but then, here's the then thing. Then the Doom, like Doom wasn't, I didn't see Doom in the trailer. And if you guys are saying he's a blogger, I have yeah, no he was, interest. Yeah, he was too busy. Well, but I think, uh, <laughs> I think uh, uh, Sue and Johnny's dad, uh-huh. uh, is it General or whatever Storm? I can't remember. He's different things in different iterations know. of the Fantastic Four. But I think he's black. So I mm. think Sue might be the adopted one. Hmm. If I read the trailer right, I mean, I could be mistaken here. Or she has a different mama. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. Like that, oh, that part, I get it. sister from another mister. Mm-hmm. That's right. So <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on there with you know that relationship just, and yeah, everything. It was, but it was weird. It was I weird for me to see because I was like, so where's Johnny? And then there's someone was like, oh yeah, that's uh, Johnny. And I was like, oh okay, well maybe. I thought again. I thought we had talked about that, but. I couldn't. I couldn't quite remember. Well, we had talked about it whenever he was first cast. Because that's right. There that's, was that's what we were we speculating that he would be the adopted one, which I think colors all of us racist. But mm. <laughs> well, nonetheless, it was just a, a bit of a change. It sure as shit but, looks, you know, hundred times darker than the the first one. The oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be out. better. I will. Yeah, I'm not saying darker real. necessarily means better, but it mm. it looks more take to. Uh, it looks to take it more seriously. Maybe. Yeah. I just I, I just want a regular one. Just give me a regular one. Regular hot Johnny. I don't know. I don't know. Like as long as as long as the the plot is is solid, Johnny can be whatever fucking race yeah. they want him to be. Can't be Chinese. And they can get their can't powers by. Going I was in, just saying that. <laughs> yeah, they can get his powers by going in the negative zone or into outer space. Like I really don't care. because yeah. like, you know, either way, it still I think stays true to the spirit. Mm. But it's gonna be interesting how these characters are played because they definitely <laughs> seem fucking guy. younger than. Uh, than what they normally are. So, especially Reed Richards and Sue Storm, they seem a lot. Younger. Well, yeah, they look almost like nineteen twenty. Yeah, like they and seem. And the way... actors aren't very old either. So, no, I want a Mexican Wolverine then. Not gonna happen. <laughs> Hi, puppy. <laughs> <laughs> one one o'clock. Why is it above your navel? <laughs> um, let's keep going with the trailers here. Uh, Hannibal three season three. Holy trailer. shit! Oh, that that looks that so looks beautiful. So I so this is one of the few instances where I actually opted not to watch it because I don't want to know. Right. And I'm still catching oh, yeah. up, so I can't. Usually, so. like things like this, like trailers and stuff, like right. I don't give a shit. Hannibal, they give away they give away one thing. Basically, yeah. in the trailer, they don't really give much up, but they do. They do give away 
The end of season two is just so fucked. Well, and uh, Gillian Anderson, uh, she's uh, a regular now mm-hmm. for for season three. So <laughs> indeed, and I think the director or the creator has said you're going to kind of find out like ha- a little bit more <clears throat> about Hannibal's origins, and they're changing it. Yes. From, from the books? How do you feel about that? Because you've read the books. I was kind of torn when they started changing things in the middle of season two, but I still fucking love the show. Mm. It would have been awesome if you could have just lead kind of into the movies or kind of make their own versions of the movies, but I still like it. It's I think it's beautiful. So, I think it's well done. My brother-in-law, who just graciously dropped off our, uh, our alcohol for this episode, um, I lent him the season one DVD that, that you bought oh, yeah. for all of us. I told him to watch it. I've been bugging him about it for a while. And he's a little bit more maybe reserved or squeamish than me. I, I, I don't know how to put it. But um, <laughs> um, finally convinced. He, he finally said, hey, let me, let me get this. Uh, let me get season one from you. And I told him, I was like, all right, let me just warn you that probably the most fucked up feeling you're going to have watching this show is about halfway through, he's going to make a delicious meal made out of a human being. And you're going to think, that looks fucking delicious. (laughs) You know it's a human being. But you know it's also not really a human being because it's just a fucking show. And you want whatever it was that they made to make it look like that. So, Well, did you uh, watch the special features on season one? No. Where they actually had the chef who's in charge of making the food for them to look realistic. And he's talking about the fact of how you would basically cut open eat and cook and eat a human like he's like oh yeah you get a you know he's like he's like some i think french dude yeah. like yeah you get the smoker and you take his lungs and they just you press them out and they get a nice barbecue flavor and like jesus Christ. talking about like what yeah. kind of meat what kind of cut of meat would look more like a human leg and all this yeah i don't think i could stuff. watch that because well, i'm gonna end up murdering someone to, <laughs> but it was it was you know. it was fun to watch but yeah it was because I, I like to cook a lot you know not humans no so um, but well, who no here it was, did not want to take a bite of eddie izzard's leg I, I definitely two. did. I'm like, I, I want to try that. Yeah. That what was that delicious. line? What's the uh, what's the, the most etiquette? polite way, or what's the proper <laughs> etiquette on declining <laughs> a, a meal? There isn't one. Yeah. I fucking love it. Um, Jimmy, intense. you wanted to talk Ted too? Uh, Another I, tra- like a teaser that aired during the Super Bowl, which was appropriate because it was the Tom Brady Brady. Cameo. Yeah, with the gold crotch. Oh, with the gold, I didn't see with the, Super the gold Bowl. crotch. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, I think it looks funny. Um, looks like Ted's getting married. He needs a sperm donor because he wants to have a kid. And that's kind of where the movie gets set up. So I fucking love the Wahlbergs. I've been watching Wahlbergers. I, I need oh. to watch that. I Dude, hear it's it's great. so fucking scripted, but it's so great at the same time. I, I fucking I've, love that I've show. Heard it's fun. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a fun show to watch. And so, I don't know. It, it, but, and even prior to this, I mean, like Shooter. I mm-hmm. really enjoyed that movie with Mark Wahlberg. You know, right. I... I don't know. I like his shit. You know, he gets kind of a bad rap as a. I like when he does funny stuff. When he does comedy stuff. I, I think he's got great comedic. I can't timing. see him as I, when I watch like Shooter or the action movies. I just like. What about The Departed? Man, he was so good. Yeah, in the he Departed. was funny so in that too. Yeah, but he was he funny. Was. Yeah, I loved him in The Fighter. Mm-hmm. Fighter's one of my favorite yeah, movies. Fighter was really good. You say anything about Transformers, I'm fucking out. I, I never saw it. that Transformers. Was it so. Mark Wahlberg in The Happening? Yes. yes, he was amazing in that. Really, he was what no, was yeah, happening. He was the funniest part of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's science. Yeah. It's science. Say how do your mother phone me? <laughs> but there's a line where she's like, "You're trying to kill me," and he's like, "No," and he's like, <clears throat> "Like he's got a sarcastic look on his face the whole film." Yeah, really Mark great. Wahlberg. <laughs> he, he's the kind of actor where he's got to have a very, very strict director over him who's controlling everything he does, mm-hmm. and he'll give you a great performance, like Departed. He's perfect, mm-hmm. but you mm-hmm. let him go on his own, and you get. Transformers. The, the, the funny thing is, though, is like in the, in the reality sh- show, the Wahlburgers following his family opening this this hamburger chain. 
Um, the, the director he name drops the most is Michael Bay. <laughs> it is so fucking weird. Like, I don't know if this film during Transformers 4 or whatever it probably was, but I don't know. That was kind of weird. Like, because his brother, uh, I think it's his eldest brother. Donnie? No, it's not Donnie. Donnie's in the show, though, and he's fucking hilarious. Um, but it's it's his brother that's a chef and he you know he opened up this one restaurant named after their mom and then uh they're trying to open this chain of these Wahlburger restaurants and Walt uh Mark and Donnie are trying to push him to like expand it and franchise it mm-hmm. and this guy is like opposite of Mark and Donnie like he's really reserved really like take a step back and look at the whole picture sort of thing we're running a business this isn't a movie and so they get in an argument like about who works harder and Mark Wahlberg's like, "Oh, you think I could just show up and tell Michael Bay that I don't feel I don't feel comfortable with this? Like, it's so fucking weird." It's like, that's the director you name drop, really. That that's the one. But anyway, um, and before we get into the fanex stuff, um, the internet recently exploded with uh, either vitriol, love, or meh over the news of Ghostbusters casting. Casting. Oh yeah, we're gonna talk about that. I think we kind of have to. Um, yeah. So, sorry, I didn't think this through. So we know the director. It's Paul Feig. Yep. Um, and then he's announced that the four gals they're going after, who I don't have their names in front of me, we know Mil- Melissa McCarthy, Kirsten Wig, and two oh, others from SNL. Two gals from SNL, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't, yeah, I should have prepared. Uh, so those four, they're in negotiations to Adam finish Bowman. their contract work. Um they have a release date of July of next year is what the Ghostbuster official page has released. So that's this is as close to a greenlit movie as we've got. And yeah, the, the internet has certainly exploded uh, about this. Ivan Reitman's still on as a producer, which is good. Um, Aykroyd going to be involved at all? Uh, so Figa said that they wanted the original actors to be as involved or uninvolved as they want. But this is a new movie. It's supposed to be a scarier take, and it's in a universe where there aren't ghosts. So something occurs to where ghosts become more of a normal thing, and that's why the need for Ghostbusters occurs. Hmm. So this is outside of continuity of the other movies. And it's Leslie Jones and Kate McKinnon are the other two girls that they're Thank from you. SNL, yeah. So some Kate of the, McKinnon's really funny. I haven't seen yeah. much of Leslie Jones' stuff, but Kate McKinnon. So really one funny. point Ivan Reitman had that I thought was a good point was by pass, casting all female actresses, you're getting rid of all of the, the mapping or analogies that you know Paul Rudd is playing Bankman, but he's no Bill Murray. Now you've got females playing female characters that have nothing to do with the original, so hopefully people won't make those comparisons. There was supposedly, I, it's, I take it with a grain of salt, supposedly uh, a leaked version of the script. So like, just take this as a fun rumor, possibly, but they're approaching Peter Dinklage to be in uh, this movie, and it's... He's a, he's, I just, a slimer. I know I, I can picture him with a little proton. <laughs> so, so I guess... Like I said, take a grain of salt, but uh, Kristen Wiig like, investigates ghosts and the paranormal activity, but she's more of like a bookworm, so she gets into the the real science of it, I guess you could say. And Peter Dinklage, is the character that he would play is uh, like a reality TV show, Paranormal Investigator, where it's the cheesy you know, reality TV stuff. So and he's so they're the kind of... And she's the... Uh... Well, they, they're kind of at odds with each other oh, okay. as far as the different ends of the spectrum where she is trying to debunk him because he's an idiot. But then I guess um, there's a third character that's supposed to be trying to debunk both parties that there are no ghosts and that it's a bunch of bullshit. And supposedly the studio is trying to get Bill Murray to play that part. 
outside of playing Peter Bankman, and that's the only part of it that I thought, like, ah, oh, this sounds like bullshit. Right. Because at this point, I don't think they're going to try to go after him. Well, yeah, anytime you, you throw the name Ghostbuster out there with Bill Murray, if he's not Bankman, it's like... Yeah, and he's not so going to it. And yeah, it seems like a bad idea to start the it off on that wrong foot. So, I don't know, we'll see. Uh, the entire previous cast that's still alive is behind the movie. I mean, Ernie Hudson had said some comments about no comment, but then he's since come back and said, like, I'm excited for this. I think it's a great idea. Should be fun. Um, Dan Aykroyd supports it. Ivan Reitman does. Um, so does Bill Murray. Obviously. And my agent told me that I have to. <laughs> your agent? So I don't know. I, what are your guys' thoughts on it? I, I think an all-female cast is fine. Like, I... I have no problem with the with the cast that they've that they've put together. I think they're a bunch of uh, funny comedians, and I think they'll hit those those comedic beats. Um, my concern is over the director more than anything, like like you and I have discussed. And to his um, not and to his cut brand you off, of humor, but to cut to his credit, he did do Freaks and Geeks, right? Which right. And, I and, didn't realize at first, but that's right in the fold with Ghostbusters. And he did the Heat as well, which I I, don't, I thought was fucking funny. Like I. So I enjoy that movie. I have zero problems with it. And see, my concern with like the Heater Bridesmaids is while those movies have funny moments, that's when oh, they're very the vulgar. Bridesmaids too. Yeah, yeah, it's when they're really vulgar. And <clears throat> with Ghostbusters, you're not going to bust PG-13 <clears throat> as far as like vulgarity. So here's my thing: like female Ghostbusters, great. Uh, but for me, the concerns is they're working backwards. First, they picked a director, and then he said we're going to do all females, and now they're working on a script, and they're writing a script towards the actresses right. instead of trying to Cast make a great script. script and go forward. And um, I don't want this to sound sexist, so I don't. I hope I portray this thought without sounding sexist. I could do that for you, but it, <laughs> like if we were to flip flip it and say, "All right, I'm gonna we're gonna redo Alien, but I want to cast a male as you know Ripley instead of a female." You'd be like, no, like Ripley's, a, you know, that character that she played, that's Ripley. Yeah, strong, badass female character. That's the only movie I like, a strong, badass female. <laughs> so, it's just dawned I on think me. this could be great, but that's my concern is that it seems like they're kind of doing, they're putting the cart before the horse. Right. Well, and, you know, I've always thought, because this whole all-female cast, you know, was around for a long time, you know, initially as a rumor. So it's, it's been, true. It's been circulating for a while. I always thought it would be fun. To have Dan Aykroyd come in and what's Aykroyd's character in Ghostbusters? Stance. Stance, Stance. right. Have Stance, like he's in there as Stance and he's kind of like the cue to the four of them yeah. being James Bond, you know, Ghostbuster. That's kind of what characters. I wanted because he could still be running Raise a Cult, maybe something where paranormal activities died down enough that they don't need Ghostbusters. Right. You know, Peter's in politics. Right. And then he kind of gets like something happens to these these four main characters and then stance comes forward and you know he's got the old proton packs that maybe get upgraded over the course of the movie you know he's working on the technology to, to I like your movie <laughs> totally <laughs> yeah to like to brush the <laughs> dust off of it and then set these ladies out to save the day mm. you know and yeah. I, I think cuz I think the reboot is just lazy right it's lazy cuz i think you can connect it to the old universe just fine with separating it just en- enough as it needs to be mm-hmm. so it frustrates me from just the point of the movie that they're trying to separate it so much where i feel like they could make they could bring in an all female main character cast just fine and still have a little bit of linkage to the first two movies and kind of i think satisfy more of the fan base by doing that i would um, agree and, you know, the great thing about all of these characters is that, it's, you know, I think when you say, you know, 
uh, stance would be kind of like the cue to their James Bond. You know, some people might think like a Charlie's Angels, like more of a Bosley and Charlie's Angels oh, setup. No. You're Bosley. Yeah, but <laughs> with these with these lead characters, like I don't think that would be the situation. Like I think they'd get a lot of mileage out of like the Ackroyd relationship with well, especially uh, like Wig or McCarthy yeah, or like say Kristen Wig is their like tech guy. Yeah, and so her and Ackroyd kind of geeking out while she's learning the tech. Or different right, things. and then Melissa well, McCarthy coming in and being like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, you know, like, like I think I think it would be fun to do that and it it, it, it does dis- the biggest thing about this that disappoints me more than anything everyone is focusing on like oh all female cast fuck that you're fucking raping my childhood it's like fucking star wars all over again yeah um is that it, that we're not making this linkage to the back like to, to the past well right? and i think that like I would for agree. me and this is I feel like the rumors and the constant casting rumors and all the stuff that were just hitting over and over and over and over and over again, it kind of took the wind out of the real announcement. For yeah. me, like when the real announcement hit, I was like, oh, well, I guess they're, they're going to do it and mm-hmm. it's going it's to happen. I was kind of the same way. Yeah, like I didn't feel that like rush of like, holy shit. Like I was shocked that it was real. See, I got that when they did the actual date. I was like, oh, wow. So yeah, I guess this is happening. Yeah, so, I mean, like, if they're do if they're looking to release this in July, I mean, that could mean we could potentially see at least a teaser come Christmas. But that's the crazy part; they don't have a script finished. Yeah, they don't have like Seems contract like a little signed. Aggressive, right? Which, yeah, they have a year and a half. Yeah. Now, yeah, Ghostbusters put a good movie. to put in perspective, Ghostbusters the first movie had a year, right, from start to finish, like out the door, right. But that so, was before the they, era of right. Can they recreate that kind of like chemistry well, in a year flat? Well, with... not only that, but the post production nowadays is so much more advanced with you know mm-hmm. the computer graphics and special effects. You know, back then, you know, Ghostbusters when it came out, it was cool. I remember being a kid and freaking out because Slimer was cool and the ghosts were creepy. But um, a lot of that was practical. It was yeah. a lot of practical effects. Well, and huge effects. sets that weren't bigger sets than had been done for any movie before, mm-hmm. like yeah. the Gozer scene. Yeah. So I mean, you're you're getting you're moving from the world, I mean, and if they want to do a bunch of practical effects, I'm down for that because I'm much like I love like yeah. Last Evil Dead. The remake was great; oh, it was all God, practical it was effects. So I loved good, it. Right. I loved you know, it'd be very, awesome if they went that direction. Oh no, like totally. Two, right? oh, yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah. But uh, no, I mean, I I, I I really think we're gonna see. I would be very very surprised if they don't push it back because yeah. I don't think they can do. I think it'll get pushed to the end of the year, well, or maybe like an October time frame, because that would almost make great more Halloween sense. movie. So another thing from my perspective, because I've tried to think about this from all angles and trying to be logic. The original Ghostbusters, the Ackroyd and Ramis, or no, it was Reitman. Ackroyd and Reitman went to Columbia Pictures at the time and said, this is the movie we want to do. And it was like a phone book size script. Well, yeah, it was a pretty big script, but they, they're like, we want to do Ghost Janitors. Right. And the studio's like, fuck you. And they said, no, no, we, we also need like a million dollars. And they're like, double fuck you, we're not giving you this much money. And they said, well, and the third thing, it's going to be like an action comedy kind of horror movie. And I don't remember exactly how they ended up convinced. Oh, so part of how they convinced him was saying, well, we've got Bill Murray involved when they didn't. So this was the first action <laughs> horror comedy movie of its kind. So Ghostbusters broke a bunch of rules, and it was a brand new thing. This new movie is going up against that and all these other things that have already happened. They can't, they're not breaking any new ground outside right. of being a female cast. So they, it's kind of, I don't know. I just uh, well, hope it I, has a lot of charm because the first movie, I still like cry laughing when I see it. <laughs> yeah, there's so many, like to this day, like I could turn around and watch it again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And there'll probably be some like offhand line muttered by somebody that I didn't pick up before. Well, and, like there's so much subtlety, subtlety and like, like you said, charm to the yeah. movie. And I don't have any doubt that the, the cast can bring that. Right. Again, the my concern goes back to though. the director and script. Well, mm-hmm. and I think that, 
you know, I don't, I'm worried that this new one won't have the power of the old one. Like, they did the 30th anniversary, right? And they were replaying it in theaters. Those theaters, I went and saw it in the yeah, 20th. we saw it. I saw it. We saw it. And then yeah. the year before, I went and saw it as well when they had it in theaters for some reason. And both times, it was a full theater. Now, to to this film's credit, there's been a lot of talk about it. Yeah. And it's gotten a lot of people excited. So it should be, it'll, it'll so make I, money. I think, it, well, it's going to make the money. And for me, I hope it makes enough money that maybe they re-merchandise some old stuff. Maybe yeah. we see some old Lego stuff like I've talked about. But then during the Sony leaks uh, from um, Amy Pascal, which has now stepped down. Yeah, uh, and that's... I, I was from gonna, CEO, yeah. yeah. So uh, Tatum, Channing Tatum approached her and said, hey, we want to do our own Ghostbusters movie, our own franchise, me and Chris Pratt. Oh, my God. So how can we set this up? And she was freaking out, Amy Pascal, about how awesome that would be. So I hope this movie makes enough money that they could then do that. Because think about it. Maybe this girl cast comes out and it sucks. Then they can do this other cast and it doesn't matter. Or maybe they both are great and they do two you know, yeah. movies that run in. Yeah. Well, and I definitely want to do um, focus a little bit more on like the Ghostbusters and kind of uh, what like, our hopes are for it and kind of the rumors and everything. We, we got into a great discussion online about what should the Ecto-1 be you know, in, in this new iteration oh, yeah. and everything. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I think cruiser. we need to move on to like Fanex and Sundance, but I, I would say definitely tune in next month um, for the I'm, for the geek uh, and movie and TV news episode because I'm sure there'll be more news by then. There's going to be more news by then, and I think we need a section off like a, a good chunk of time to to talk about and uh, hypothesize about what could happen or what we want to happen. So um, sounds good to me. Salt Lake Comic Con Fanex 2015 that happened. Yeah. <laughs> So that, happened. <laughs> that was the most fun I've had at a comic convention, but maybe that's because I wasn't stuck behind a booth. Amen, brother. Yeah, so it was awesome. Great staff. The staff was really nice, and they had to, they limited their ticket sales to fifty thousand, so it was never felt like overwhelmingly busy, which yeah. was nice. The crowds weren't uh, big. Um, big shiny robot was uh, was out in force, uh, of course. Um, and we were on panels. We were covering panels. Yeah. Um, you know, just walking around, doing our thing, covering. We some were boots. on a lot of panels. Yeah, yeah, we were on a lot of panels. Robots were on panels. Yeah. So um, those of us that were there um, and maybe on panels and stuff, just kind of want to get your guys' thoughts. Maybe some favorite moments. Um, Tom, you want to want to start us sure. off? Sure. Um, Do it, Tom. My favorite moment was the "What Makes Games Good" panel, which is actually the panel I was least excited to be on. Was that the one we um, crashed? Yeah, that was the one you guys crashed and uh, gave a shit in. And I mean, it was a big room, and it was only about half full. But I think the room had like five hundred seats. So hey, was, you and Lance killed it. I don't know guys, why you people think you're so goddamn funny. Tom. I know we're not that. That's, me and Lucas That's, were talking about that. No, you. The panel, like, I, yeah, talk, I think you I were hilarious. To Tyson at the wedding. Yeah, and he was like, "Tom is fucking hilarious." I'm. I'm not though. That's no, not, I, I the thing is, I just it, don't man. think you're bringing the A game to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. So well, you and I are gonna have to have a conversation offline about my A game. I'll come record, and you can be on your A game. Okay. It was. It was fun. I mean. My my favorite part of that panel was when Lance slammed Pokemon, <laughs> and then right after, immediately after, he turned it to Q and A, and we had a line like the entire room. <laughs> and he goes, "How many of you just want to say something mean to be about Pokemon?" And like seventy five percent of the line raised their hand. <laughs> sit, um, sit down. Sit. It was a great. It was a really great panel. It was well, a lot of and fun. And let's uh, let's make sure we address that your uh, your former or your uh, your, your uh, the panel mates. 
you know, yeah. the folks that joined you guys for the panel, because Lance was informed that he was moderating about three hours three before hours the panel. Before, yeah. The guy was a fucking wreck about it, and, and he, he killed, killed it. it. Yeah, he did. And, and uh, you guys had a great supporting panel mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Like, everyone had, um, you know, so, sometimes we as BSR have, we, we go to each other's panels to cover them, and we may not necessarily be interested about the topic at hand or right. anything like that. And it can be kind of a, it can be a long 50 minutes sometimes. Mm-hmm. This was actually a lot of fun to watch you and Lance up there in the spotlight with uh, your other panelists and everything. I think everyone that um, opined on whatever the topic was up on the panel mm-hmm. had something good to add to the conversation. Well, it was really great for me. Like, we, I mean, we made some buddies. Like, um, I cannot think of her name. She is terrible on Twitter because she never tweets anything. But um, Aaron Hastings from Lord of the Laser Sword, um, which is, I guess, a site based out of Provo. Nice guys. He was actually on Entertainment is Dead last night with us, had a lot of fun. Um, and then to my left was Peter Christensen, who's actually a PhD, but he's a professor of video games. Wait, what was the first guy's name? Aaron Hastings. Oh, okay. And then the second guy is Peter Christensen. He's a professor of video game design at the U of U. He's a PhD, and he has a PhD in game development and programming. And the dude was, like, the dude had some shit. Like, he was super, super smart, had a lot of really, really deep stuff All the panelists were on point. Yeah, everybody had a great feel. It was just a fun panel to be on. Uh, I had a lot of fun. And then my Final Fantasy panel was uh, pretty much what I expected it to be, but it was still a lot of fun. Um, So, Well, and so for those of you that weren't there, Tom brought up Smash Brothers. Oh, my God. (laughs) And uh, so during the Q&A section... uh, Lucas and I actually started off the Q&A section because <laughs> you said, is there anyone with questions? Before Lance could even tell everyone to line up behind the mic, we were like yeah, we ran raising up. our hands. We are like, right here, right here. <laughs> Pointed at us. Luke and I walked over because Tom was saying about how much fun he had at our uh, Smash Brothers night that we had yeah, for your birthday. That's true. It was That's good. So to celebrate Lucas's birthday. I will birthday, also add, though, Tom was kicking everyone's ass. Right. He was. He was. But that's the exception, not the rule, right? And sure. so I took exception <laughs> okay. to, like, Tom just raving about Smash Brothers because up until that night, he was like, I fucking hate Smash Brothers. And so we got up and uh, Lucas was right by me with, with support for this. And Dale we kind of, I kind of introduced us, and I said, "Hey, I'm Tyson. This is Lucas. We're the guys that Tom plays Smash Brothers with." And we have a question, and then I asked a question directly to Tom, and then one for the rest of the panel. But my question directly to Tom was, "Why do you suck so hard at Smash Brothers?" <laughs> <laughs> to which then I chimed in over Tyson's shoulder, "Yeah, Tom. <laughs> yeah, Tom. <laughs> it was like they were trying to take my lunch money. It was pretty good. Well, was... the thing, the, the... and I could feel the crowd turn on us. Yeah, yeah. they turned on us. That was the thing. Is like, they oh, I'm gonna Tom. get up here. Yeah." And so it was, it was really weird to have the tables turned on us because we're always busting Tom's balls. Right. And then we bust them and then we're all of a sudden the fucking villains. Like, this is this is not a universe I want to be a part of. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. FanX was a lot more fun for me this year than the fall. Like, a lot less stress, but... I will say this. The, fun. The, the, there's pros and cons. Um, obviously, as Lucas mentioned, Big Shiny Robot didn't have a booth for FanX. Mm-hmm. So, which allowed us more time to get around the con. Um... A lot of us write up um, stories about panels or cover panels or even just attend ones we just wanted to attend because mm-hmm. we felt like it. Well, and the con was – it was navigable. Like I could get from one end of the showroom floor to the other mm-hmm. in a reasonable amount of time. So I probably walked across that floor and looked at every single booth twice. Right. The, I would say Which the only thing I us. missed out on with the booth is the booth allows for us as Big Shiny Robot and trying to report on what's going on from the, the con – um, especially like with the the cosplay photos, right? Because mm-hmm. there was again, as there has been every single time, 
so much great cosplay there, right? And it was kind of weird because, you know, I've got my special guest badge on, all this stuff, big shiny robot garb. I, I would say, you know, at, at minimum, an eighth of the people have at least heard of us, right? <laughs> so, mm, you know, I mean, people at least 16th. know who we are. You know, we're on <laughs> panels enough. I think they've at least heard the, the words big shiny robot uttered in succession before. But that booth kind of gave me gives me confidence to be like, hey, look, we're somewhat official. We want to take your picture for our Instagram feed. I fired up the Instagram feed for this, and I think I posted, like, a couple things with, like, me and Nick. Like, hey, we're hitting the con, stuff like that. Like, I did not want to walk up to, like, some of these cosplay. Like, it just, I felt, like, really timid about it, <laughs> which I shouldn't have because, I mean, we've talked about it before. Like, they put in a lot of work to these costumes. Like, they love nothing. I think most cosplayers love nothing more than people to come up and say, hey, your costume's great. Can we get a picture with you or a picture of you? But that was one thing I missed about not having the booth. But there was definitely some pros to not having the booth, which was getting around and going to some other panels and covering it from that angle. So I don't know what's going to happen in September. That's that's you know if, I'm not in charge of that sort of shit. But if we don't have a booth, I think the rule of thumb that we'll start maybe promoting leading up is if you want to see us or talk to us, come to our panels. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I want to talk about my Comic Con Fanix experience. I want you to talk about your panel. <laughs> Uh, I don't want to talk about my panel. I want you to talk about your panel. <coughs> well, wait. Go ahead, Adam. What was the panel? Uh, I bet you could take a guess. <laughs> Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't. Uh, so we had a panel on Ghostbusters. It was about the future of Ghostbusters, and the news about the new Ghostbusters happened like four days before the panel. If that. Yeah, it was like right before. So I was moderating it, and leading up to the panel different people dropped out for different reasons um so we were like swapping out different people and then there was some celebrity panel going on at the same doctor who was at the same time and some gillen i think yeah so some people had paid to get into that so they wanted to do that which was fine so on my panel um we had a couple of ghostbuster guys and i asked rebecca frost to be on it because um you know she was great on our podcast here and i thought she'd offer an interesting perspective on female ghostbusters and uh well, Nick was on it with me. Yep. And it didn't go very well. It went okay, but I feel like the Ghostbuster guys kind of maybe got hung up a little bit on the girl cast and making jokes about that instead of like fun speculation about the future of the Ghostbusters. And I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings talking about it, but it definitely could have gone better. So that kind of bummed me out. Um, it still bumped me out. No, it was... Because uh, I, I feel mean, like we kept getting into the weeds with it. Right, and and I think that was I think that was like the main problem with the panel because... Again, I was there, and then Tom and Lance joined later on. Uh, once they arrived, they came in. Um, yeah, I, I think um, some of the people on the panel would start down a path that, uh, by the time they got to their point, they were so far in the weeds right. that it was like they were either unintentional. And I would say, you know, I don't know these guys very well, but I would say unintentionally maybe sounding a little bit crass you know or making an off-color joke that didn't really land just because yeah it's for the like, sake of being funny right right for the sake of being funny and everything so I, I i mean i wouldn't say the panel was terrible nor blame any one person but i mean you guys had a lot to deal with because you guys had panelists dropping out and then like you said this giant ghostbusters news drops <laughs> a few days before the panel you know pro- people probably hadn't really had time to collect their thoughts either so well, i think some of the negativity that we were that was coming from the panel about like the female cast. I don't want to say infected, but it made the crowd kind of go to that tier. Mm, yeah. So instead of getting questions about the movie or about what we thought it would be, it was more about like this movie's going to suck. And what do you think that it's going to suck? So it was hard to kind of get away from that. Yeah. I think they were definitely like kind of falling into the group of like, 
you know, and, and I don't think it necessarily had to do with the female cast, but it's if not, this movie doesn't include the original cast and is tied to the first two movies, this movie's gonna fucking suck. I would even go even go a little farther in saying that if this movie isn't the first movie, it's gonna suck. Right. Was all the stuff we were hearing? It's like yeah, right. well, which was not a little frustrating. Be. And I think uh, I think even someone like during a Q and A section like actually asked, you know, you know, what's a positive thing like you guys are looking forward to? Yeah. You know, directed at some of the people specifically on the panel that you know, <coughs> seem to be bagging on it more often than having positive things to say about it. So I don't know. It, it, it was definitely interesting. Um, sure. And those ghostbuster guys, like in all fairness, they've been nothing but gracious to us. They're, they're cool oh, guys. Yeah. Um, you know, they're very passionate about ghostbusters and everything. I think just at certain times, perhaps it just got away a little mm-hmm. bit. Well, and I think it's worth mentioning too, that Lucas did a really, really good job moderating and Fuck trying yeah. to <laughs> wrestle it out of the weeds. Because, yeah. I mean, well, thanks for saying that, Tom. No, it's true. It's true. Like you no. pull, you pull it out of the weeds multiple times. <laughs> yeah, like these guys are like ass- actively jumping into the weeds, and, and you were just like, "Get just- the fuck out! Get the fuck out!" Get, like, <laughs> you were just fishing all the whole time, and you did a great job doing that. And you know, props to Rebecca Frost for uh. keeping her composure during some of the moments. And- <laughs> so she's like Rebecca Frost. Let me put this in your head, Adam. So Rebecca Frost is on my left, and I've asked a huge favor of her to be here, and she came. And it was awesome. It was nice of her to do that. And then mm-hmm. on my right is Colton, a great guy. He's yeah. 20 years old, Ghostbuster, just very green, just wet baby ears, just, just, just a little baby. baby. Just a little, like, baby Twitter, buster. Twitter-painted baby over, you know. <laughs> this, a baby buster. <laughs> that sounds like a sex Remind position. me on the break <laughs> to tell you a funny Colton story. But um, So they're on either side of me, and I'm thinking, this should be fun. And then Colton was making jokes, and he made a joke about, like, the Proton Packs having a lipstick, like, accessory holder or something. No, I think he said that they wouldn't have they Proton Packs. They would be a lipstick dispenser. Like, it would just be, like, a lipstick that they would oh, use to yeah. bust the ghosts. It yeah. was a bad joke, like a bad sexist joke. And I could, like, feel Rebecca Frost without even looking over there, and it's like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, oh, my God. What and and we're sitting there. In fact, I think that was the point that, like, Tom Lance and I were all sitting next to each other. And we immediately pull out our phones and start texting each other like, what are the odds on Rebecca murdering this kid? This kid isn't going to live to see 21. Well, and something Lucas said, like, and I, can't, I think it was on a phone call as I was driving home, but you were like, you know, we even told him, like, Colton, she's young, she's your age, she's pretty. She has other young, pretty friends your age. Don't fuck this up. Yeah. <laughs> and then what does he do? He fucks it up. Well, and, and in all fairness, too, like, I, I, I do feel partly responsible because myself, um, you told him to say the joke. Well, no, <laughs> well, kinda. So, so Nick and I uh, visited the Ghostbusters, uh, the Salt Lake City Ghostbusters. What's our official name? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah Salt, Salt Lake, Lake City Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters booth uh, at FanX, and we we were chit chatting with Colton because he he's the guy we know through Lucas and everything. And again, he's a great kid. And uh, <laughs> Nick and I told him like, hey, you know, you're on this Ghostbusters panel. You know, you should really just take the position of like misogynistic, like just horrible, like. And he's like, Nah, nah, I couldn't do that. I and we're telling though, like tongue and cheek misogynistic. Yeah, we're like, like, you know, don't get say, in trouble. Say asshole jokes, but then like wink after, so yeah. everybody knows, like, oh, okay, he's. And so I don't know. It. Like, like I kind of feel like maybe that lipstick joke was like his attempt at like. Do you remember being twenty? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah. Subtle as a fucking sledgehammer. So yeah, I, I think it's. I, I actually thought that was kind of funny, but. 
then you know me, I'm very un-PC, but yeah, I can see where... Well, no, it had nothing to do with PC, because I, I assure you that I so, am the last person on the face of this planet that anyone could would probably well, ever accuse of being a feminist, right? It was just, it was the delivery. Like, it and, just wasn't even... Well, the panel had already been yeah, so far gone. Exactly. Right. The joke, it wasn't the, that joke, it was that joke was like the final <laughs> thing that broke it. Like, it that was the was, final nail. It was yeah. Like, yeah. Well... There we go. I mean, it was a struggle. I think everyone's intentions were good. I think uh, maybe some folks on the panel just didn't have their thoughts gathered and tried to land some jokes that just didn't land. And it it was a struggle. But, you know. And the I, rapey guy. I, so before we get into that, I want to move up past that. Yeah, let's get past that because I'll start talking about the rapists. So you go. I want to. Skin two was there? I want to talk about uh, the Saturday morning cartoon guys. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That, that panel go? was awesome. So I had Robert Paulson and um, or Rob Paulson and then Jess Harnell, I believe is his name. Which one's the guy that like dresses like a fucking... That's yeah. Jess. Jess? Yeah. Okay. So the, that guy's a fucking character. I'm going to go through just the continuity of the con because it makes my funny the, the story a little funnier. So my wife's with me, Heather and I, and on... I think it was Thursday. We go over to Rob's booth, and there's nobody there. And Rob, if you don't know, he voiced Raphael on the original Ninja Turtles. He voices Donatello now. He voiced, I believe it was Yakko of the Animaniacs, and a slew of other characters. So out of everyone, he's the guy I got to meet, and there's nobody there. So we go up. <laughs> so I go up to Rob Polson, and uh, he's like, hey, how's it going? And I shake his hand, and he's making eye contact with me. And I'm like, it's great. It's going great. I'm so happy to meet you. And he's like, that's great. That's great. And he starts squirting a bunch of antibacterial <laughs> shit on his hands right after he lets go of my hands. And he starts washing his hands. He's like, that's great. That's great. And we talk about Ninja Turtles for a minute. Uh, and then him and Heather talk. And then his handler immediately is like, Rob, you're late. You got to go. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got to go. I got a panel. But come back tomorrow if you want an autograph. So I thought, that's probably why I washed his hand. It was the end of all this. It wasn't just my hand. That's Okay, I won't worry about that. <laughs> so he disappears. The next uh, day, don't see him on Saturday is when they had the Saturday morning cartoon panel. And if you subscribe to our feed, I believe that it's up now. you should it's have that now. in your box. And if you haven't listened to it, please do. It is so hilarious. It's I need to listen to dude, it. They are, so, like, they are so into that panel. Like, those guys on that panel were just so amped. Yeah, they were awesome. It was hilarious. They, so I forget the guy that does Winnie the Pooh's voice. I think it's Jeff something. Uh, one of my coworkers got a picture with him. What is So he does the voice of Tasmanian Devil and Winnie the Pooh. So you had these three guys and a moderator, and it was hilarious. It was my favorite panel I've ever seen, and they were dogging on everybody. They were making fun of uh, Matt Smith <laughs> and how much it costs to go to his panel and different things. And then by the end of it, I won't ruin it, but there's a, a great Christopher Walken impression. During oh it, there's God, a Cartman yeah. impression that fit into this, what, what they were talking about. So it was hilarious. Like I had such a great time, and I thought, okay, well, his right after this, Rob's line's going to be busy. So I think what I'm going to do, I'm going to go use the restroom and then go catch up with Tom because you had a panel coming up, and yeah. then I'll break oh, away. JJ's panel we had to record, I think. Yeah, JJ's yeah. panel. So I'm, like, I'm going to go do that, and then I'll catch up. So I said, I'll be right back, guys. The panel's done. I go into the restroom, and I go to the nicer one that's above the escalators, like in the corner, and there's five urinals, and four of them are taken up with the entire panel cast. And there's one in the middle between Rob Polson and Jess Harnell. And there's nobody else in the Lucas's bathroom. This is wet dream. Well, <laughs> so what does Raphael's dick look like? <laughs> right? So I, I walked in, and I, um, I thought, well, fuck. Because the moderator looked over his shoulder, and he saw me, and I was like, well... I'm committed now. I'm committed. Like, if I walk out, it's going to be weird. And I'm wearing a Ghostbusters jumpsuit, so they can pick me out in a lineup. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I shit you not, this has never happened to me. 
I walk up to the urinal. I figure, okay, well, let's just do this. And I get fucking stage fright. I can't piss. <laughs> That's what you meant by stage fright. Yeah. I thought you were maybe talking about moderating a panel. No, nope. That's what I thought, too. I can't. I can't piss, but I'm like, I can't just turn around and walk out now. So I had to like. Please tell me you started making the sounds with your noise or with, <laughs> with, your, with your mouth. Like, <laughs> no, I, at that point, I just like, I'm going to stand here and I'm going to count to 20. I'm going to turn around and wash my hands. And I'm going to go downstairs and take a piss, which I did. And then after like that, that moment subsided, I thought, this is pretty funny. And the Jess guy, the, the rock and roll guy who was a rock and roll singer, he seems like a funny enough guy. When I meet him, if I do, I'm going to tell him the story. He'll think it's funny. But I probably won't tell Rob because he washed his hands right after he met me. I don't want to talk about <laughs> running into him in the bathroom. So Heather shows up. We go meet um, Rob, who is a super nice guy. Talked <coughs> to him for quite a while. The guys before us, um, his daughter couldn't show up. And so they went to record a video where Rob was just going to say hi to her. But instead, he sang that entire song that Yakko sings. Right. Oh, awesome. Halfway through it the helper is like i'm so sorry i don't think it's recording and rob's like that's not a problem everybody here is having a good time right you're having an okay time watching me do this i'll do it again don't worry about it it's not your fault nicest guy and then he's like he hands it to the dad he's like you probably know how this works better why don't you go record it does it again super awesome guy after that i finally get to meet him we talked some more and he remembered us from the previous day i got him the i kept trying to think of what to have him sign which I'm digging at now, and I had him sign the old Ninja Turtles 2 arcade cartridge because awesome. I thought that would be something cool I could get framed, and it's unique enough. It's not an action figure. So then after that, I thought, all right, Jess Harnell's next door. Nobody's talking to him. I'm going to go see him and uh, tell him the story, and we'll have fun. So we walk up to Wacko, and he says, like, two words to me. He's like, oh, hey, how's it going? And then he sees Heather, and he's like, wow, good job with her, right? Yeah. You you lucked out, didn't you? You're she's way out of your league. <laughs> and then he starts talking to her the whole time and like shaking her hand and making like the hello nurse jokes and shit. And I was like, fuck it, I'm not gonna tell him I couldn't piss next to this guy now. <laughs> like, fuck this guy, I gotta fight him after this. Well he was a really nice guy, so then um that was that was the complete history of that. But I would say if they come back in September, which on the panel they were saying they want to Definitely go meet those guys. I'm gonna have to go meet those guys because I, I so loved all like then, Animaniacs was the was like my shit. I watched the shit their autograph was twenty bucks, and then their uh, pictures were only ten bucks, oh, nice. which was super cheap. And then if you wanted to, Rob didn't have a sign for it, but I know he was doing it. And then Jess had a sign for it. You can pay him an extra amount, and they'll do like a voice uh, email thing oh, for you. We should have oh. paid him for like a, drop. a voice message. You know, when somebody calls you, right? We should have paid him for a drop, man. I, That's I, what we got to do is we got to get a BSR drop for. I him wanted for the to, but uh, I just. I didn't. We'll get it. We'll get it in September. He had to pee, man. He had to pee. Yeah. I was like, yeah, when we're at the room. Hey, hey, can you guys just speak into this phone while you're holding your dicks? Can and you guys say, <laughs> welcome to the Big Shiny Podcast? Dude, they would tell that story at other cons. Yeah, dude, this journalist asked me to like do a drop for his podcast while I was taking a picture. Piece of shit in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, next for me, I was there uh, the, the whole con on Thursday. And then from open to about 2.30 p.m., on Friday, and then my sister-in-law. So shout out to Cassie and Jeremy. Uh, they they got were getting married that weekend, so of course I had uh, more important things to be doing uh, for the rest of my weekend. He but, got sitting at home in his underwear. But he still went to the wedding, r- right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it did allow me. Um, I got scheduled for uh, two panels, uh, two Doctor Who panels. Um, I, I wasn't able to make it to one because Ooh. it was on Saturday. Ooh. And uh, the sauce. <laughs> hold on, Tom, Tom's refilling my drink here. Um, so, but I did get to uh, to make sure I was 
on the panel for the uh, Am I a Good Man, the Twelfth Doctor uh, panel on Thursday. Um, great panel of people. Um, Rebecca was there again, which is, you know, on a Doctor Who panel is how Rebecca and I uh, became friends. Um, so she was there. She was great as always. Um, I met Tracy Mangum at uh, at Comic-Con last, uh, last year. He was great, and his uh, wife was on the panel as well, uh, so, which I felt like was a little unfair because I felt like then he, like they had a team. Um, and then uh, I, Darren, I, Darren, I forget his last name. But yeah, Thermwise, the, the Thermwise guy. Uh, He's a super nice. Guy. He was there. He was super awesome. And then I feel like a jackass. I think the other guy was Jam Bell. Um, Could have been. It was the. I didn't catch your panel. No, no. So it wasn't Jam. It Dave. was Dave. Dave. <clears throat> Uh, I feel like a jackass, though. I promise this is no, like, it has no bearing on what impression they made on me because they were all awesome people. I'm just when you were shit drunk, at probably. What's that? When you were drunk. Yeah, I probably was. <laughs> um, but I was moderating this pa- panel and everything. The panelists were fucking awesome. Um, great panel, great conversation. Everyone had great points to share. Um, if anything, I felt like the panel was maybe too large. Like, you get too many people that have, like, great things to share on on a stage. And there's just not enough time. 50 minutes is not enough time. We experienced sure. that on the podcast. We like at the very beginning, right? Right, right. I think we're still some of our time. first, well, some of our first podcasts, like, you know, we had like eight people on the podcast right. and, and you just can't get your uh, words in edgewise. <clears throat> um, and then I'll, a little disappointed in the attendance, but that's not, that's not commentary on the doctor who fans that attend uh, the attended fanex it was at 4 p.m on a thursday so yeah. we were the we were within we were in the first group of panels for the day it's before the floors thursday opened. right and yeah. i think like no the floors had opened vip was three the rest of it was five. Oh, that's right yeah. so and then they closed at what six no they no, were they until nine, nine now really they yeah. opened later wow. so and unfortunately because we were in a ballroom um so it kind of made it seem like that much. But I would still say there was like a solid 100 people there. Define, yeah, there's smaller de- define there. ballroom? <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, you know, the, the people that were, were there in attendance were, were great. Um, the Doctor Who fans are, are always great fans to talk to. Um, you know, generally they'll school us on things because... <laughs> they, they pay a lot. Did you more run fucking into that attention. girl from your last panel? That like 16 year old girl that like fucking owned your shit? No. No, I didn't. I'm really worried about her. <laughs> and th- well, <laughs> you're worried about her. I don't know. I just well, don't and I'm concerned that she might be worried about me and Rebecca at this point because I wasn't there for the last day and a half of the con, and Rebecca wasn't on any more Doctor Who panels, so she was probably wondering where the fuck we were if she was there in attendance. But part of me is like, all right with that because she is a sweet girl and I love her to death. But she's 16 and like it, it weirds me out. <laughs> Tyson has a written thing that he can't talk to a sixteen-year-old girl. Like it was just, it was just a thing like restraining orders. Yeah, but she's a sweetheart, so I, I, you know, I hope she was there doing the con thing and and had a good time. But um, yeah, it it was a good time, and and uh, we, me, uh, myself, Nick, and Rebecca and Danielle um, attended the Brandon Brandon Ruth uh, panel. Is there a Uh, Ralph? Ralph, whatever. I heard that was great. Uh, It was fantastic. Super nice guy. Super humble guy. told the anecdote of how he got cast for Superman and Superman Returns, um, which was actually kind of funny because at that point, um, Brian Singer had decided, like, no, this is Superman. Like, this is the guy, right? Like, he he can do Superman. The studio's only reservation is, can he do Clark Kent? Like, he's got the Superman look. He's got, like, everything we want because it's a continuation from Superman 1 and 2. 
Um, he's got everything we want, but we're just not sure he can do Clark Kent, like kind of the bumbling, accident-prone guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he was meeting with Brian Singer at a coffee shop, and they were kind of like down to like Brandon Roth and a couple other people. And Brandon Ruth spilled his coffee all over uh, Brian Singer. And that's essentially what got him the job. Because they're like, oh, no, okay, there's the Clark Kent. You're you're on. Because Brian Singer already was kind of like, like, I really want you for this part and everything. So that was great. He gave us some great little nuggets that um, just barely dropped in the last couple days as news that we were able to jump on from a BSR perspective um, during his panel. Uh, He confirmed that he would be in the Adam suit. Um, before the end of the season on Arrow, which is a huge deal. Right. Um, and then the first official picture of him in that suit just came out uh, a couple days ago. Looks a little bit like Ant-Man. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, he always has, right? Like, he's the, the yeah. DC version, right? Like, minus the talking to the ants thing. Um, so that was great. Um, you know, dropped a little couple little nuggets of information. You know, wasn't afraid to talk. Um, was great with the fans that lined up for the Q&A. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's it's always kind of a crapshoot going to some of these celebrity panels because I think either, you know, if it's one you really want to go to in a, in a celebrity you're really a fan of, you're either going to walk out of there, I think, over the moon because like, oh, they seem like just such a nice person. Like, this was great. Or you walk out of there like, they really seem like an uppity dick. And, and I don't like now I'm kind yeah, of disappointed. Don't, right? don't meet your heroes. Don't meet your heroes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So his was one I definitely walked out of there like. This guy's great. And, you know, of course, like the next new episode of Arrow, you know, he's on there. And I'm like, oh, I fucking met that guy. Like, so fucking awesome. <laughs> That's when we watched the next Ninja Turtles. It was Donatello's voice. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I met that Rob guy. So, nice guy. so that was great. Um, and again, like, I really enjoyed uh, Tom and Lance's um, What Makes a Video Game Great panel. That was, that was a lot of fun on Thursday nights. So, wish the audio feed for that is up. Yeah, so check out our iTunes feed if you're listening to this on iTunes right now, or if you're not, then for that panel, is it on iTunes. ours or is it on your? Uh, feed? It's on EID. Oh, EID. I'm, I'm happy oh, okay. to provide it to BSR. I just wasn't sure what to do with it, so I put let's it on get it up on BSR. Yeah, Whichever, I'll provide. We're talking yeah. about it on the break. Yeah, whatever. We own you, but we, it's, uh, we bought it's you. and and for a can I? Pack. I want to do a shout Wait, out. People so are getting paid. The no. sound guy, the sound guy <laughs> that was running most of this, the like the small panel rooms. I don't know his name. He was fucking cool. Dude, fucking and guy was, was running around doing yeah, work. And he was doing work. And here's the thing is like I went to the so they were doing one of the panel audios that I got that I should be up. It's up in the EID feed and I'll provide it to BSR as well. Um Oh come on, bitch. Um I'm so good. you're good? It's um it was a panel on creating the world of Infinity Blade. And it had Chair Entertainment and then Brandon Sanderson, who wrote Infinity Blade's story. love Brandon Sanderson. Yeah, he so, wrote the Mistborn books that I'm always he did. talking about. So I went up to the – I had the freaking – the poor – I walked up to the person at a – what are they called? The volunteers. was like, call your manager, basically. I was like, hey, I need to talk to the sound guy. He came in. I'm like, hey, man. He's like, oh, hey, what's up, bro? Like, he knew my face. And I was like, hey, I want to record this panel off the soundboard. I just need to jack in off the phone, the headphones jack. He's like, great. You know what you're doing. Don't break anything. Go plug in. Yeah, and he just like he let dude he gave well, me, and I will say this. So that guy awesome. during that guy your uh, awesome. what makes a video game great panel, you guys were already up on stage, and I was sitting over there by the yeah, gear, yeah. keeping an eye on it, you know. And he came over and like looked at the setup, and I could hear him mumbling to himself. And he was like, "Oh, all right, they got this plugged in. Oh, yeah, no, these guys are great. These guys are awesome. Everything's yeah. good to go here. Like I'm not exaggerating. Yeah, yeah, he, he said that, and then he walked out. And yeah, so because uh, but and I talked to him, and I told him like I will not. I'm like I don't want to fuck with your setup. Yeah. I'm just going to plug into the headphones, Jack. And he's like, you know what you're doing. 
go for it. And so, he was super helpful. So you know, shout out to him. Hire I definitely want to let's, That's I think awesome. we need to move into Sundance yeah. 2015. Uh, Adam was up there um, all fucking weekend. No, oh, sorry, it's my turn. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, just a sec. I, I do want to just say this though, is that the Salt Lake Comic Con people have been great to big shiny robot um, since the very first con, yeah. which I wasn't at, but I heard nothing but great things. Mm-hmm. And every since everyone since that I have been at, they've been nothing but accommodating to us, whether we are on panels, um, in a booth or covering it from a press perspective. Um, they've always been great and accommodating yep. and fan X, um, you know, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit I had some reservations about it, you know, uh, not, not that it wouldn't come off great, but I was like, oh, let's, 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 let's blow the whole load on comic con. Fan X was great. It was a lot of fun. A yep. lot of great panels. They got some great celebrity guests out there. They've got things running a lot more smoothly. And I, and I realized that they limited tickets to 50,000. Sure. But they still had their game, but they tight. had their game tight. Like yep. volunteers seemed to be more up to speed on what was going on well, and, that, and what they needed those to be doing. RFID wristbands the RFID were really wristbands. annoying at first, but they were actually really, they served a great purpose. They were great. They yeah. did crowd control beautifully. And I want to give a shout out to to snap Connor PR. They're the ones that run the PR for it and get the press badges and stuff. Dude, Kenny Caldwell, you're a great guy. Yeah, Kenny's and the he's shit. He's taking yeah. great care Kenny's of all of us, awesome. and I really appreciate every, it. He's, he's taking great care of us. Yeah, every even year. before they kind of got this stuff straightened out. So yeah. um, they've all been great, and uh, I, I think it's all safe to say we're very much looking forward to Comic Con, uh, Salt Lake Comic Con um, proper, for as lack of a better as, term. In yeah, September. you'll see us. You'll see us there in some fashion. <laughs> in force. Yep. yep. So Sundance Film Sundance, Festival. Yeah. It's just a. It's a little a little thing it's that happens festival. in Utah every year. It's, it's really I mean, it's really small. You know, no one knows about it. You know what's right. funny like, is my wife had people. <laughs> doesn't affect honest traffic. to God, she had people at work going like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute." I saw a celebrity in Park City. What the fuck's going on? Like, there are still people that don't know Sundance. Those people are fucking idiots. I, they I, don't have Google apparently, or you know, or the internet. I mean, I knew about yeah. the Sundance when I lived in California. Sake. <laughs> um, yeah, so actually, it was last year was the first year I ever went. Um, it was just, just in a little town called Park City. Well, actually, no, this was a little town called uh, Salt Lake City. Uh, no, so last year I actually went and bought some tickets. You know, just saw a couple movies. Uh, the Baba Duke, which if you oh, haven't seen God. it, amazing. I keep hearing that. I got to see that. Yeah, you can watch it on. Is it's it on, on demand. demand yeah, we watched it on demand. It is on demand. Shot. I yeah. thought it was dumb as shit. Oh, oh really? Dude, I don't like horror movies so though. Good. I don't like horror movies. We didn't talk about the Poltergeist earlier. I wanted to. Talk yeah, about that, that trailer. That but I anyhow. watched it today. Anyway, so that was that was just kind of an experience to go, just have fun, and you know, actually, I took your wife. To, uh, you her did. first movie, and yeah, she, Baba Duke. Yeah, and then about six months later, it came on demand, or maybe it was like a year later. Yeah, and she drug me to her friend's house. She's to watch the one it who on told demand. me to watch it. <clears throat> yeah, it's a great movie. Tell her I thought it was shit. Uh, she'll probably not listen to this. I didn't think it was shit, but I didn't think it was. Everything that I'd been hearing about, by any means, it wasn't scary but, at all. No, so, not at all. So that was last year. That was so, last anyway. year. Um, and so this year was uh, a friend of mine, uh, Brooks Bird. He's he works for Blog Critics and uh, Real Center Nerd. He's like, dude, get a, go for a press pass. I love local yeah. press. So I was like, okay, what the hell? Um, Brian, our esteemed editor in chief, got right. me a, a letter, and sure enough, they got me a pass. So I go up there, and that's awesome. It was really cool. I, uh, we went up there. We took four days off. We went up for Friday, Saturday, <laughs> Sunday, uh, Monday of the very Did you first stay in weekend. Park City? No, we just we drove up there every day. It was way too. I can confirm that because he hooked me up at Best Buy. Gotcha. I did. So, what did the press pass get you? So, there's different levels of press pass. We had the basic one. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically, there's it's it's not actually on Main Street. There's a theater. I can't remember the name of it. Down kind of at the base of the hill, um, next to a uh, hotel called the Yarrow, Mm -hmm. right next to a Starbucks and a Fresh Market, which you live at because. It, what you don't know is there's a lot of waiting it's an actual, It's just an actual yeah. movie. My, yeah. wife and I, yeah, is, my wife and I went and saw Thor on our honeymoon at the Yarrow. Yeah. 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 
But it, yeah, there's you don't realize this, but there's a lot of waiting. So basically, they've got a whole theater set aside for press industry. Um, so you go up there and you're like, hey, so what's playing right now? You got a list. Okay, I want to go see this. We'll go get in line. Um, and there's only 150, 200 seats available. So if you get there too late or don't get there in time, you're you know, basically SOL. This is for press as well? Yeah. Press and industry, yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> so basically, you get there, you get in line, you say, hey, this looks cool. Let's go see it. The really, really cool thing I, I liked about this was I had no preconceived notions going in mm-hmm. what I was seeing. I mean, you get the little brochure, you get this the synopsis. But there's no trailers. There's no like, hey, I've seen this before. This is what it's about. This is what I like, what I didn't like. Um, in this day and age of the internet and trailers, and we, we've been right. talking about, you never go into a movie blind. Right. I mean, even you at least heard some word of mouth or something from it, from Comic-Con or whatever. Which makes so. it exciting. Because yeah. that's yeah. one of my favorite things on Netflix is to kind of go through and be like, I haven't seen anything about this movie. Let's watch this. Which reminds me, The Fall. Is The Fall? The, the Julian fall. Anderson yeah. show? Yeah. First of all, she still fucking got it. She's hot as shit. Continue. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we, we were all excited because, you know, they, they have what's called the Park City at Midnight, which are like where the raid came from, the Babadook. It's oh. like a horror movie slash action movie. Oh, okay. The raid. Yeah, the raid was great. Raid and Raid 2, like VHS movies, you know, good and bad, but so good. it's always where you go for like the, the badass action horror movies. And so the first movie we tried to see was The Witch, and we there was a very first press screening. We got there at like 8.30, showed at 9. There was like 500 people in line. It wow. was like, nah, fuck that. So we went and just got breakfast and went out some other stuff. I eventually did see that, but yeah, it was really it was really fun. Um, the press screens are kind of interesting because you don't get the whole like Q and A with the director or the stars or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, those are for the actual. So essentially, they're showing it to you for the purpose of of review, review it review. Okay. Yeah, <clears throat> which is cool because there's no embargoes either, except for uh, Z for Zachariah was waiting for the, actually the premiere. Most actually, no, most movies will wait for them to actually premiere somewhere in Sundance before you can actually post review. Okay. Um, Basically, because if you think it's shitty, they don't want people to <laughs> right not go yeah. to the don't go to the premiere. Yes, yeah. right. We actually went to the Chris Pine party, and we didn't get to see him, but it was very very nice. So how many? How, so let me let me kind of question you. No, here. go ahead. By all means, I've, yeah, yeah. So um, how many movies did you see while you're up? At I ended up seeing a total of eleven. Eleven. Which, Holy yeah. fuck. We saw I saw seven the weekend we were up there, um, and then there was about four, maybe it's twelve, four or five, because you actually get a um, reserve tickets for shows down here. So oh, okay. I was like, hey, I want to go see uh, the, the National Lampoon uh, documentary. It was on Saturday at the Tower. So I was able to reserve a ticket for that back at the beginning of January. So now I've actually heard about that. How was it? Uh, it was really, really good. Uh, I, I knew a lot about La- National Lampoon, mainly from the movies and stuff. Of course. A bit about the comics and uh, the books and the magazine. Uh, it was really interesting to find you know the, the history behind it, how it was. So you know, anti-society and you know, um, basically Mad Magazine for, like, the, yep. you know, for the angry people. But yeah, um, to throw back, that's where like, Ivan Reitman came from. Yep. And Bill Murray and Harold Ramis and exactly. everyone else. And <laughs> Ghostbusters, Animal House, all that good stuff. So let's, let's start with the bad. Okay. Um, what would you say out of 11 movies that you saw at Sundance, what was the worst movie that you oh, saw? Oh, easy, easy enough is The Witch. Uh, it was the first mm. movie we tried to get into. And what pisses me off so much is that this uh, director, Robert Eggers, he actually won the Sundance Award for Best Directing. Uh, but basically, for this, for, movie? This, for this movie, yeah. Uh, it's so basically it's 1630. You got a, a family, a mom, dad, uh, pair of twins, a uh, teenage boy and teenage girl who, you know, being cast out of their like you know their village because God said so or whatever. Else. You know, back then it was very Puritan. Strict. Puritan. Yeah. So they go to this. this uh, they go live in the woods, and while they're there, like the one girl's playing peekaboo with her little baby brother, and all of a sudden she looks up and the, the boy's gone. And the next scene is you see like this 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 obviously witch doing some kind of naked ritual with a baby 
Assuming it kills it and then has a mortar and pestle and literally makes baby lotion out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was like, oh, this is kind of fucking cool. That's fucked up. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, right? And then it just it just goes downhill from there. I mean, there's no point to it. Um, what I hate the most about movies, scary movies, is when they do loud noises for jump scares. Right. For no reason. Always get me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> jump scares are like uh, Annabelle was the last movie that did it really horribly where you zoom in really close and all of a sudden you flip over and there's the dad chopping wood and he goes boom and you're like, ha, ah, fuck. Yeah, it's bullshit. Yeah, bullshit. It's a, it's a cheap it's scare. It's a cheap scare, yeah. yeah cheap scare. It works. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't make a good movie. It doesn't make a good works. movie. You know, and then the it, it, stupid ending, it just... It, it was just it was horrible like I was hoping it would get better and better and then the ending started to get really cool and had a cool little twist and then it just credits rolled and I was like what the fuck was that that's too bad Um, so um, one of your favorite movies was starring James Franco and Zachary Quinto yeah Yeah, Michael it it was called I Am Michael I Am Um, Michael yeah it was it's an LGBT movie yeah it's uh, so there's this uh, guy named Michael Glatz or Glatz however you say his name Back in the late '90s, who was an editor at XY Magazine, which was aimed towards you know young gay youth and um, young adults. And for me, actually, before I came out, his writing in that magazine was influential to me as far as becoming secure with myself and you know being proud to be like, hey, if you don't like who I am, fuck you. Right. Um, Wait, do you like men? I know, right? Weird. <laughs> I'm so. Oh, you were at his wedding. I have a what? lot of questions. For I'm you so bush. <laughs> but uh, basically, yeah, he. So James Franco plays this character, Michael Glatz, and then Zachary Quinto is his boyfriend. And it's a story about how he goes through life, and he's very, um, always trying to find himself, always trying to be true to himself. And um, later on, in life starts to begin to question what he's doing. He has these heart palpitations. That's very much like a disease his dad died of. Um, that mixed with the guilt of not being with his mom when she died makes him begin to think that maybe God doesn't want this for me. And he goes from being a very outspoken gay rights activist to um, a Mormon first. So he joins the LDS church and then leaves them and then later on becomes a ex-gay minister. So, hmm. And he was like very much championing like the uh, like the straight camp stuff. Like you can... You can change, right? No, he, he didn't. I mean, the, he was the cool thing about him, and what I loved about the movie was it didn't take sides. You know, every single thing. It wasn't like, hey, the ex gays are evil. You know, the gay rights people they're oppressive. It was this is one man making his own decisions, um, and he didn't. You know, he didn't take that side. He said, like, you know, I believe being homosexual is wrong. You shouldn't do it. Here's why. But he wasn't like the, the poster boy for like the ex gays and all that kind of stuff. And actually, now I was reading an article. He went and saw the movie in Sundance and loved it. And He's kind of even matured to the point where he doesn't even talk about it anymore. Hmm. So, so, so wow. where does he stand now? Um, he, he's still he lives in Wyoming. Actually, he's still, um, I believe he's married. Uh, he still doesn't to believe a woman. A woman. Oh. Okay. Yeah, played by Emma Roberts in the movie. She does a great job. Well, and um, I hear that uh, his boyfriend, because um, because I, I I read the rev- your review mm-hmm. on the film, um, like kind of sticks with him. Through he he tries. I mean, yeah, he's, yeah, he yeah. tries to stick with him through like this whole thing and like like still try to be supportive um, through this whole like change that he's going through. Yeah, like and it, it's yeah, I, I couldn't imagine what that's like as far as someone you you've devoted your life to and you you're deeply in love with rejecting everything about you and you know one of the, you know basically you stays with him to the point where you know James Franco's character Michael leaves and goes to like some Buddhist camp. He's trying to get trying to find himself. Um, and one of the last scenes is when he calls and. He's talking. You know, he's talking to his boyfriend and or ex boyfriend now, and I can't remember exactly what he says. But that's when he's like, you know, I'm so offended you would even ever say that about me, especially um, to have a good life. And that was kind of the last time they talked. And I'm gonna have to watch for that one. That that one sounds interesting. I I, I heard a bit about the guy. 
Yeah. That it's based on, on like an NPR story or something. Like that. It was. It, it was really actually the whole thing came off a, a New York Times article about a couple years ago that this guy who used to know him tracked him down to kind of find out what happened to him, and it was about a two-page article in the New York Times that I read, and I was like, "Holy crap! This is the dude who, you know, was kind of responsible for me." And then when I was at Sundance, and I saw this was what it was about. You know, we had to get in line to see it, and it was it was really really good. Probably the best thing I saw. So so hmm. to kind of take it to a personal note, is him being a guy that you looked up to as a young man who hadn't come out yet mm-hmm. and kind of gave you the strength to come out. Um, how did you feel about his portrayal? Like, and, and do, do you have any changes in like how you feel about him now? Like, I know you were as an out ga- as an out game because man? of that. Huh? I know. I know. I know you said something about being kind of worried about seeing the movie because of that. It was, it was, it was kind of saddening. Cause like, again, I knew his story going in. So it wasn't like it was a, Oh, surprise. You know, it wasn't a twist ending or anything. Um, no, it, it made me sad because, you know, I his life story is mine in reverse. I mean, I grew up and, you know, we're not going to talk, lay blame with anyone or anything else, but a very, very sheltered lifestyle. Um, very, very religious. I mean, they make Mormons look like prostitutes and whores. Um, like, the, the girls at my school I went to had to wear, we went skiing, they had to wear skorts over their ski pants so they'd be immoral. I mean, mm. it was that level of Damn. just, like, crazy, wow. over-the-top, you know, censorship. And, you know, going from someone who... When I was starting to kind of realize, like, hey, I might be gay when I was, like, you know, 13, 14. And kind of telling someone that was my best friend who then went and told someone else, told someone else to beat the shit out of me. And, you know, basically had me at one point with, you know, a green with a rock over my head that if I ever said I was gay, you beat the fuck out of me. And I was agreeing with that. Can we, can we, uh, can we go ahead and get the names of these people? <laughs> just, just, I just want to see what they're up to these days. That's all. Actually, one of them, uh, had, uh, you know, about t- 10 years after high school, got a hold of me on Facebook and apologized. And oh, we're actually well, pretty good friends. There you go. So, um, but, but I mean, from like, uh, someone who influenced you as, as a young man, like a, a young man, you know, mm-hmm. coming to terms with the sexuality, you know, trying to define who you are. Um, how, how did that, how did seeing this movie and kind of seeing that, you know, th- I mean, he is now married to a woman and everything. I mean, does your, did it affect your opinion of him or anything? No, like because that? again, I, I, I knew it going in and the one thing I loved is that, you know, no matter what he did or who he was, he was always trying to be true to himself. And he found himself, he was one of the very few people I've ever seen, not seen in life, but I've, I've encountered, who was unapologetically himself and didn't give a fuck what you thought. And okay. I think in these days when everyone's always trying to, you know, you know, put on airs and put on a mask and pretend to be someone that they're not, you know, someone who's that brutally honest, whether you like it or not, you have to kind of respect. I um, think that's fair. Yeah. But I mean, do I, do I agree with this? He was a hell no. Right. I mean... You know, I've like I said, his life was more mine reverse. And if you know anyone knows me, you know my opinions on things. And you know, every now and then I go on rants on Facebook after a few drinks. But uh, <laughs> who doesn't? Yeah, but no, it was it was it was a very well done movie, very well shot. Um, the acting was incredible. Everyone you know thinks of James Franco as oh, he's some stoner comedy. The interview had just come out, so everyone knew him from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dude can act. Get a good director on him. Get him something he's passionate about, and he does a really well. Like good you job. said in your in your review, it's movies like this, and then one of uh, 127 seven hours. hours. You know that shows motherfucker can act. I mean, he's he's a legit actor. I think he just fucking enjoys doing the stoner movies. Oh well, yeah, yeah, hanging out with your buddies. Yeah, making, hanging out with like your buddies making shit what tons Kevin of money. Smith does full time, yeah. except James Franco yeah, can do the other side of it. Pay me to hang out with my friends, and make a shit ton of money, and get drunk. Sure, yeah, yeah. So uh, let's uh, we got to wrap up here in just a sec. Um, one more movie that you that you really. I'll show one about. movie and then one quick uh, funny story. Sure, sure. Um, I was debating the movie, but the one I got to go with is called Sleeping with Other People. Uh, it was a comedy, and most of the time you don't hear too many comedies coming out of Sundance. Um, has Jason Sudeikis, and normally I don't like him. Uh, he, I think he's smarmy and annoying. I love I love Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, uh, he comes across really charming and funny in this. Also starring um, oh, what's her name, Allison Brie, 
yeah, oh, community. Yeah. Community, yeah. Uh, yeah. So basically, it's, it's these two kids, you know, uh, you know, meet one night in college in the dorms. They're both, you know, both go up on, on the roof. You know, the two of them get stoned and talk about how they're both virgins and end up, you know, losing their virginity to each other and then never see each other again. Fast forward 20 years later, and both of them have huge relationship problems. They're always cheating on their boyfriends, girlfriends, you know, <laughs> of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, they meet, they, they meet up at a sex addicts meeting just randomly, to, and they're like, oh, hey, how you doing this and that, blah, blah, blah. And so they meet up and find out they've had these problems, and they think it's because of the fact that they were sexually, emotionally stunted from this one-night stand they had. So they become kind of like best friends, poorly platonic best friends, no sex involved. They actually have a, a joke about your dick in a mousetrap to, you know, diffuse sexual tension. But uh, they work with each other to actually become better people in their relationships with other, everyone else. And dude, it's it's hilarious. It's one mm. of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Um, Damn. Great chemistry. I mean, the two of them together are great. And the great thing is, it'll probably be rated R, but it knows how to work that rating. It's it's dirty. <laughs> <laughs> um, I won't say much more in case you see it, but... There's a scene where Jason Sudeikis grabs a bottle of uh, green tea and she's out to masturbate. And let's just say that she has a sex move called the Dirty DJ. That's really, really funny. Hmm. I gotta see but this. It's a, my key. What was it called again? Uh, it's called Sleeping with Other People. Uh, it's by the same director, uh, uh, Leslie Headland. She did Bachelorette and some other movies. I didn't like too much, but um, they came on stage afterward, the whole cast and her. Really funny people. Um, it hasn't been picked up yet, I don't think. It's got a good cast, though, so I'm sure it will. But it's it's definitely funny. A little bit predictable at the end, but they'll have a good time with it. Nice. And then a uh, funny anecdote. Funny anecdote. So, you know, we're up there. We're having you know we're just we're having fun doing whatever else. We get invited to the you know the cannon party, which is the you know the cameras. They're showing off mm. what they can do it for. And so we're sitting there, and they're just making drinks for everyone. You know, they're just hundreds and hundreds of drinks. Go grab what you want. Free booze, free food, everything else. And we're sitting there, and like. The lady working there, she's like, do you guys want a shot of this this whiskey? I'm like, yeah, we'll, we'll try it. I'm not really a whiskey fan. You guys have been enjoying all night, which I'm like, eh. But she's like, well, this is Japanese whiskey. I'm like, well, I'll try it once. Take a shot. It's pretty good. I'm like, wow, this is really delicious. Thank you. And she's like, oh, I'm so glad you like it. Everyone here is complaining about it and how blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I'm like, what are they complaining about? She's like, oh, they say it's not expensive enough. And so this is the caliber of people we're stuck up oh there my with God. because, you know, we're up there having fun and they're like the, well, we're, I mean, we want, yeah. I was like, well, how much is this stuff? She's like $45 a shot. Oh, Jesus Christ. And I was like, um, I'll just take a bottle home with me if you like. My favorite whiskey is like $45 for a bottle. Exactly, right? <laughs> the whiskey just, we're drinking right now that we enjoy is uh, $20 a bottle. Yeah. So. <laughs> but that was, it was really fun to go up there. On, the last day was on Main Street, kind of like, you know, being pressed. Everyone was like, oh, come in and see us. You know, hang out with us. We'll give you free shit. And um, kind of made you feel like a rock star for a little bit. But That's a lot awesome. of fun. Looking forward to next year. Um, overall, good time. Movies were kind of eh. But I'm gonna have to go up there with you next yeah. year because my brother-in-law uh, he goes up there and bartends up there during Sundance and stuff. So he wasn't up there too much uh, this year, but he did run into uh, Katie Asselton, uh, the main uh, female lead character from the league. That is uh, the guy's wife. I was going to say like I know that. Yep, name, and uh, he he actually served her a drink and like he loves the league like we do and stuff like yeah. that. He was over the moon that he met her. And so, <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have a quick, quick, quick question. Did uh, he party with Kanye West? Just curious. I don't I don't I, think so. I think he did. Text him. Text him? Text him. I think he did. I think he like hung out at a party his buddy was serving drinks at. 
and it was like a Kanye West party. I don't think he ever met him, right? But he was like he may have in the whole group because I mean, remember like uh, last year he uh, bartended the official HBO party mm-hmm. that they had up there. That's crazy, and oh, that's yeah. where I got all my Game of Thrones. Uh, oh, Funko nice! Pops that's from. so fucking because they were they had boxes he of came those back. things that he they were just giving out, like liquor and yeah, no, yeah, the rubber he, mats. No, I remember yeah, that. he came back with like all sorts of stuff. So. Um, I was a little bummed out because I didn't get shit this year. So figure that out. <laughs> Come but. on with the swag. <laughs> I want to take a moment to plug Adam. He's been kicking ass with the movie reviews. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you killed it up there at Sundance, man. Yeah, I, mean, I, got, I got about four or five more to go. But yeah, if you want to see the movies I've reviewed, um, some really good ones, some stinkers. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a couple. There's some good horror movies that are coming out. You should keep an eye on BigShinyRobot.com. You can one. check out all of Adam's reviews. He's going to be he, reviewing more stuff, too, week yep. to week. Yep, week to week, and uh, he was the lone big shiny robot up there at Sundance, and fucking eleven movies. I don't think I have. Every, everyone's like, "Oh, it's so much fun to watch movies." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, no, I like that though." Eleven three over the course maybe. of three days. I don't, I don't like, know about that. Like watching eleven movies in a three day period for review purpose, especially when you're trying to look at them like almost academically and pick them apart, is kind of like when you have six video games on a deadline in three months and you're just grinding the fuck through them. You don't. Well, know so you really don't know what you're getting. <laughs> no, like yeah. you said, you don't know what you're getting into when you walk in those. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're like, like yeah. Like there was you a, might know the genre in a brief three sentence synopsis. You know it's a documentary. You know what it's about. Who's in it, and that's about it. Yeah, and sometimes you get really surprised. And yeah, that's that's, all, that's that's half the fun. But no, that's great. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you did an awesome job covering it. Thank you. So again, um, a bunch of his reviews are already up on BigShinyRobot.com. There's going to be more to come, so be sure to check those out. I think that's it for this week. We made it. We made it. We 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 got it. We got it all covered. What's our time check? <laughs> Eighty minutes. Under an Yay! hour. All right, we got we got under an, an hour. hour. An hour and twenty minutes. All right, so we'll call this a super episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. We're going to talk uh, comics and collectibles. See Thank ya. you for listening to the Big Shiny Podcast. As always, you can check us out on iTunes. Please listen and rate. You can also find us on Stitcher. And be sure to check out our good friends at Entertainment is Dead and the Full of Sith Podcast. And a special thanks to our good sponsors at Secret Compass, who you can find at secretcompassonline.com.